We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. fans how you doing it's your boy jonathan macri with you for another episode of the knicks film school podcast the podcast that covers the most average team in the national basketball association uh scored as many points as they've given up this year won as many games as they've lost that's where it's at man um perfectly average which in comparison to some of the years that we've had over the last two decades i will happily take especially if there are a few more nights in store like we had against the Timberwolves the other night, um, fun performance from the Knicks. Uh, we will see if they can replicate something close to that, although I wouldn't expect a blowout because when do these teams ever, ever play boring games anymore? Um, the Knicks and the Nets, of course, are playing on Wednesday night in Brooklyn. So home game for the Knicks. Uh, and to talk about it, we had on the very best of Nets Daily, Matt Brooks. He's been on the show before. He does a fantastic job covering the Nets um, to the extent that anyone can do a fantastic job uh, covering something that should be featured in the obituary section. Um, although I guess they're still on life support. So we should, we should, you know, that's a bad job by me. Uh, anyway, we talked about all of the things that you would expect us to talk about as the Knicks are about to play the Nets. Uh, we had a fun conversation. We went down the rabbit hole of what happens from here. 
and uh, even had some some trade fun uh, at the end of the convo. So stay tuned for that. And uh, also, of course, a reminder that if you haven't been tuning into the pre and post game shows sponsored by our new friends at WinBet, you should start doing that. Uh, we air the post the pregame show an hour before tip off and uh, the post game show obviously comes right at the end. And uh, Andrew Claudio has been sharing his his plight from betting and sweating or you have been doing, have you been doing good with your, I'm not talking about other people's wagers, Andrew. I'm talking about your wagers. You want to hear something something fun? What? So my betting and sweating pick last night was Carl Anthony Towns points, rebounds, assists, 45. He had 44 late in the fourth quarter. And remember that three pointer that got changed to a two? <laughs> I was okay. sweat. I was legitimately sweating it out. You were betting and sweating, and he got one assist right before he checked out and hit the over. I was like, "Oh, uh, okay. good job by you." Okay, I, so he, maybe not. not John, when I tell you, every he was like not going near the basket because he had like checked mentally checked out and was like he, he would take a three, all oh, that missed, and it's like, oh, he finally passed it. Somebody so please I- make this. I finally got one and Scarlett Ray, you can't see this, everybody, Scarlett Ray, John's daughter, Scarlett, I don't bet. I'm telling you right now, no matter what daddy tells you, don't bet. Okay. I don't even know. I, if I, I don't think I'd be able to explain sports wagering to her if given like 10 minutes and like a whiteboard and yeah, um, which is probably for the best anyway. Uh, well, good luck on your betting and sweating picks for before Brooklyn's game. I'm sure you'll have some fun ones. Ben uh, Simmons under. What's I don't that? know what I don't. Ben Simmons under. I don't know ben what Simmons the category under. is going to be. It's just going to take the under. That's perfect. Uh, yeah. So check out the pregame uh, show. Check out the postgame show. And of course, enjoy this pod with Matt Brooks. Joining me now on the next film school podcast, a returning guest. We have. Not spoken in a while. Um, not that there's been anything worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't imagine what we're going to fill the time with on this on this show. Uh, he does an outstanding job doing what I'm going to call yeoman's work of reporting on and covering <laughs> the Nets for Nets Daily ahead of the first of the interborough matchups of this season. Uh, Matt Brooks, how you doing, man? I'm good. I can't wait to just talk about you know, Yuta Watanabe and nothing else, right? That's pretty much, I think that'll cover it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's what our the fans really want to hear about is like, is, is he the three and D guy that the, yeah. the Nets were hoping for, that they were sure. really missing to pull everything together? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here. If I started out this podcast and I was like, I, Matt, I feel bad for you. Would your response be A, a, a heartfelt thank you. B, fuck off, Macri. <laughs> or, or, or C, I don't think about you at all. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be like, it's impossible for me to talk about the Nets without sighing. Like every time. So how's the Nets? How are it's every time, every single time. So I think that would be the first thing I do. It's just impossible for me to to just talk about this team without like a little part of me dying inside. So that's, um, D, that's a sigh. That's no, just yeah. not a verbal response. It's which is like the most sad, dejected, defeated. I mean, I was just a wide eyed Californian coming <laughs> to New York city when I started here. 
he was just <laughs> beaten into submission by vaccines and uh, it, I mean, workplace harassment, you name it. Like, um, it's, it's been a ride, <laughs> it, uh, man. I mean, on the, I mean this sincerely on the bright side, you've been able to cover, I mean, what, what teams have received more attention from basketball fans from just nationally, like then, then the nets over the last three years. I mean, I, I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers, but they've also stunk. So I, you know, and they're more like, they're a different kind of like car wreck. Cause like mm. that's, that's the crazy thing, right. Is up until like very recently, even like me, you know, me and Andrew, we did our, our like preseason pod and both of us, as much as we would love to sit here and be like, yeah, the nets are garbage, yada, yada, yada. We were both like, yeah, we think the nets could like something could happen where they win the championship this year. Like that's yeah. not crazy. Um, so you've, it's been a team that has, warranted attention it's just maybe not the attention you thought you were going to give it i guess right <laughs> well there's never been a team that's been discussed more that's won one playoff series no, in, yeah. in its entire Ky- Kyrie kd era that's it one playoff series and and they have been discussed every year um i came into this year pretty high on them uh liked what i saw in preseason which you'd think by now i would learn like don't don't take anything from preseason well, but it just seemed like Hey, like maybe, maybe we're finally going to get, you know, some semblance of just basketball and, uh, (laughs) nope, not, not even close. (laughs) Well, I actually, let's start there because like, do you think that there is a world where, you know, and I say this coming from a Knicks standpoint where I don't know that it's ever really only just about basketball. At least that's how I personally feel like covering the Knicks because there's always, you know, it's always about the next star and it's, always, you know, it's always talking ever leave about the coach. Um, like, I, you know, it, it, I guess so, rarely sometimes it is. But for the most part, I always feel like I'm, I'm talking not that that stuff isn't about basketball. It is about basketball in a sense that what you're having to deal with is not about basketball. But I guess what I'm asking is, like, do you think you will get to a point this season where you will just be able to talk about the Nets in the context of like a basketball team, as opposed to whatever this is. Like maybe for like two weeks, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't sit here anymore and say, yeah, you know, I think there's going to be a stretch. Cause it's just like, you know, the evidence points to the contrary. It's never going to be about just basketball. I mean, like, even if, even if this team, they move on from Kyrie, you still have Ben Simmons here. You still have an interim coach. Uh, Durant made a, a very, very loud trade request this offseason. You know, where this team goes could absolutely stir those feelings up again. So, I, yeah, maybe, like, maybe there'll be a month where I'm like, well, I'm really liking the Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton pick and roll <laughs> partnership. <laughs> like, those, those moments are fleeting. <laughs> Um, and I cherish them. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can imagine. Uh, before we move on to some of the other stuff, I do actually just want to focus on the basketball for a second. Like, ha, their their record is what? What are they? I'm sorry, I should know this. What are they? Four and six. Four and seven. Four and seven. Night. Yes, that's right. And I watched the end of that. I, I had no idea until I forget who was the first. I think maybe Bondi tweeted out the it was 67, 62 consecutive free throws. I, that's astounding, and that happened. Which I guess weirdest is like, game. Bizarre I, game. 
I didn't watch the whole thing, but like just, you know, trying to keep track from afar. I, yeah. Uh, it seems like, but whatever. They're four yeah. and seven. Do you think that they're a four and seven team or like, what? let me re- be more specific. Like there's been all of the stuff swirling around. Do you think the swirling is why they are four and seven or do you just think they're a four and seven team? Um, or is that impossible? I mean, that that's probably an unfair question, but to the best of your, you know, abilities. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably a little better than four and seven. I think they're like, a, you know, they're going to be kind of like where the Knicks are, I guess, in a way, um, you know, trending right down the middle um, of a lot of this. The Nets might be a little bit better than that. They could be like a low end, you know, first round or whatever, low end playoff team, I think six seed, fifth seed. Um, maybe if, if this was a normal season and I just don't know if it will be, but no, they're playing. I mean, they're playing pretty decent ball right now. I think, you know, hanging with Dallas, that's probably the threshold of like where the nets are and the league's hierarchy. They're, they're probably, you know, in that range playing good ball uh, defensively coming along quite a bit. I think they're third best uh, team in the league in the last three games defensively they're, They've been good after being like one of the three worst teams defensively. So that's been a big turnaround for them. Again, you're going through Washington in a bizarre game uh, and Charlotte, who is like, I mean, falling off. I like the way Charlotte was playing early on. I was yeah. very impressed when they played us and probably just because they played us. Yeah. Um, but like I've, I've watched them the last more recently and they're, yeah, they're, they're falling off a little bit. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, you know, it's not like the a gauntlet of teams that they've gone through, but I, I think they're figuring some things out uh, just by circumstance of Simmons, you know, dealing with this knee injury um, and coming off the bench. It, that's kind of solidified things a little bit. The starting lineup looks better just because there's more floor balance around KD, but it's, yeah, it's there. It's like, about as normal as it's been right now. And I do think they're probably a little bit better than four and seven for sure. Okay. I would say so too. I mean, to me, the definite, like you define a super duper star, which I do think Durant still is as someone who, if you give them like, I don't know how to define commensurate NBA talent, but like, you know, you put, put pieces around them, like, put like, what the Mavs put around Luca, actually, no, put, put them around them. Like what the Mavs have around Luca this year, maybe Christian Wood elevates that a little bit. Cause he could do some stuff, but like basically what the Mavs have around Luca this year. And it's like, can you get into the neighborhood of 50 wins? Can you, is it that like a, a obscene, maybe the Nets talent because they currently have a 30, whatever million dollar player not playing and another mm-hmm. $30 million player who is like not, you know, I, 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 is it fair to say Ben Simmons is a shell of himself right now? I mean, that's yeah, that's probably a okay. polite way to put it. Right okay. now. So um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be <laughs> unkind. So like, I, I guess from that perspective, if Durant is doing his thing and Durant has been doing his thing, then like, yeah, it, it checks out that they should be around five hundred. So that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's very like similar to last year. Uh, funny enough, like I feel like this season has been a little bit of deja vu in terms of Kyrie's not here, and I. Don't know if he's going to come back ever. Do you think he's going to come back? I don't know. I think I'm in the camp of this is it. I just think it's like this. It's just never going to happen. Um, they're never going to feel like, hey, you know, and, and I don't think he was going to come back anyways. I don't think there was any plan to re-sign him this offseason. I truly believe they came into this. I love that people were calling it the last dance. <laughs> That's what Nets fans and stuff were calling it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think... I don't know if it works I'm like sorry, that. Sorry, I have to. <laughs> I watched That's the first funny. couple of dances. They weren't. 
didn't go that well. So I don't know if we can call it that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is it. Like, you know, this is him playing in a contract year and he's already been suspended by the team. And I just don't know. So if he's not coming back, your depth is a little shaky. Your ceiling is certainly a little bit lower. And and we're in the same spot as last year where it's like KD playing with a bunch of young guys, a couple of good role players. And I think they can string together some wins. I do feel like the wheels will fall off at some point because I just don't think that's sustainable um, yeah. is to, you know, have Durant have to solve double teams for 60 65 games. I, <laughs> just I was going to ask you, like, <laughs> do you, do you think there's like some Ewing theory potential with Kyrie like going out and then like, you know, somehow rallying because of that or something. But I think you just kind of, I, I just don't know that there's the talent on this team, you know, even with Kate, like the surrounding talent, obviously, with, with, you know, even with Katie here. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Like I, I watched them play this year and it just was more than ever. I felt like Kyrie and KD just like, don't play very well together. And I, I'd sort of had that in spurts before they acquired Harden. I was kind of like, this doesn't, this feels like it should be, a little bit better than what we're getting. I think they were around 500 with those two this year comes in and it feels like it more than ever. I mean, granted, I think Durant was a little checked out initially and has looked very bought in since Kyrie was suspended, which I think is interesting. Uh, maybe interesting. It is, I, I, the thing is, is that we have, you know, another variable of them not having Nash there anymore. So it's kind of hard to tell what is what there's a couple different variables gotcha. which one's the independent variable which one's the dependent variable like we just we don't know give but, me math talk any any day of the week on this yeah. podcast <laughs> all for it anyway. uh, so i yeah i mean i think in a way that's been kind of intriguing but just in general like it seems like things are making a little bit more sense uh where you're not like having to sit there and say all right Kyrie, it's your turn to take you know, four shots in a row because you had rhythm in this quarter. Now it's just like, Hey, we're going to play through Durant. We're going to wait for double teams and everybody else. Their job is literally just to get the ball. If you run off the line slash and kick. And it's like, it's really simplified things a lot. Um, and granted, I don't know if it's going to work forever. I think there's, you know, as teams get more and more film on them and just generally take them a little more seriously. Um, I, you know, you can't survive off Joe Harris being your second side initiator for, a whole season, I don't think, but for now, yeah, it's 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 better, and I do think there is a little bit of Ewing theory there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. There's some breaking news, by the way. Quentin Grimes, questionable. Uh-oh. game against Brooklyn. Uh-oh. He, I, I don't know if you've been following the, the Quentin Grimes saga. <laughs> Which is I, clearly, we just got our we just got our uh, our our health thing. I saw that pop in. Oh, okay. uh, the Nets. I'll read. This is good. This is good podcasting right here. Watanabe is out. Yep. Sweet. Yes. We don't have to deal with the what the Watanabe factor. <laughs> I think he's been pretty good. The couple of Nets he's been in for. I think he's like you know he could do some stuff. He recovered well from being murdered by um, <laughs> Anthony Edwards. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we'll we'll see if uh, Grimes. I have a, this, this Grimes thing's starting to worry me. Anyway, um, back to Brooklyn. So you mentioned Ben Simmons coming off the bench. What is it? What are you like, Andrew? What are you laughing about? Chime in. <laughs> Hold on, because you're like, oh, this Grimes thing is worrying me. I see Matt's face. Like, oh yeah, that that's that's Nick's news. <laughs> yeah, those are the alerts you get, Macri. <laughs> Give me that. Like, I'm I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I'd kill for my alert to be oh a, a player that was on the rise that the Knicks are optimistic about yeah might not play is, but he also yeah. might still be here tomorrow you Look, know as, as long as he's not putting like Alex Jones on his story right or <laughs> as long as he will shoot a three pointer <laughs> you know <laughs> like pick a different problem from a player as long as he didn't I, request that the whole the coach and the front office get fired and request a trade to a different team even though he's untradeable uh, I just. <sighs> like I okay, feel for, you, I you, you feel brought for you, Matt. <laughs> no, you you brought it up, so let's just go. Let, let's just go there now. Like, so th- he never denied. Well, let me. Re- okay, take a step back. Do you, was he ever asked directly? Did you request for these people to get fired? To, to your oh, yeah. knowledge, yeah. And what? And what he just never response? denied it. No, he was just like he did yeah, not. Okay, that's that was like, my assumption. I just want to make sure I had that correct. Yeah, he did it at media day, which was like I, I wasn't sure. I was, I guess you know. I've covered this team for a couple of years and I'm expecting a, like, did you hear that from me? Like, Oh, did you, did you hear me request it? No, you didn't. Okay. So, but he didn't, he just was like, yeah, no, you know, and now I'm here. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're going to roll with it, which was interesting. Cause I think their approach a year ago would have been deny, 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 even though it's like very obvious, there was a lot of leveraging and, and threats made from Durant side to the Nets and then the Nets try to play hardball about, well, we don't want to trade you for anything, but they, they kind of just owned it, which I thought was actually interesting. And that's kind of, I mean, again, I probably shouldn't have bought into this because it's the Nets, but I was like, Hey, maybe there's, 
maybe there's a little bit of growth here from all parties involved. Like maybe we're just going to come in. Everybody's going to be honest about everything and we're just going to show up. We're going to check ball and it's going to, a lot's happened and maybe so much has happened that there's nothing else that can be aired out there at this point. <laughs> and everybody's just going to have to like check their egos at the door. And uh, no, no, that did not happen. <laughs> Dude, I, I swear to you, watching you right now and listening to you, it reminds me of so many times I got in front of a microphone during the Steve Mills era mm. here in New mm. Minus, but the, I mean, let's be honest, the difference is that there was never any winning that or like never any expectation of winning. So I, and that is a major difference, um, which I guess, I don't know. Does that make it better? Does that make it worse? I don't even know. Um, I want to go back to KD for a second, but I can't do that before asking about Ben Simmons and I'll get to why in a second. I, as you may or may not know, uh, am fascinated by like player valuations and like what players are valued at around the league and like mm. how valuations change. It's currently something I've spent much of the last year thinking about with Julius Randle and like, is he an undervalued asset? Is he a toxic asset? Is he a distressed asset? Like, so Simmons, the way, you know, I'm like, I'm sure like you do, I, you know, I, I listen to like Zach Lowe and Windhorse and like all the, the, you know, the general NBA media people talk about this stuff. It seems like he is just, I want to, honestly, I want to say an untouchable asset, not in the, not in the good way. Is that accurate as far as you can sense? Well, the Nets have two of them. That's the fun part. Because Kyrie's even, probably the only other guy with worse trade value than, than Sim. Well, I guess, I mean, even Westbrook's like playing well in, you know, in his new role. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think you'd, and he's an expiring like Simmons is it's bad. And I don't know, you know, I've thought about like, what could you trade for him? And I just don't know like what team wants to bring that on. He's 25. He's like, looks like a complete shell of himself physically or, or whatever, whatever is going on. Um, I think there's definitely like physical limitations. His lift is not there. Like this guy's like a guy that was jumping out the gym and, Philly and, and, you know, and he just like, he's not, he just isn't moving well. He looks like Blake Griffin from yeah. like Nets, Blake Griffin. That's Oof. what he looks like right now. And it's, it's a combination between he doesn't look right physically at all. And I don't know if that's something that's going to come back for him as he kind of works his way back from this long layoff and back surgery, but to compound things, he's, he doesn't look at the, the rim period. Um, and he's just become like this dribble handoff emergent and somebody that runs pick and roll and picks up his dribble at the elbow and then just resets up top. And it's just like, I don't know what you do with that. Like they played the Mavericks yesterday and they had the perfect lineup around him. It was like Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, uh, I'm honest, a couple other shooters, maybe Cam Thomas or could have been Seth, whatever the, the lineups that you hear about, yeah. well, you put four shooters around Ben and it's it's going to work great because he has all this floor spacing. He can make plays. And it's like, you know, who's the lead creator in that group is Royce O'Neal because Ben is just not able to do really much of anything. He's not creating three point shots because he's not getting downhill. And it's just kind of like, I don't know what you do with that right now. Even the things that he's good at defense has been a little shaky. Like it, he guys have been able to get by him. Um, he's not moving great laterally. and you know, the, the guys that have hurt him historically, even when he was this like defensive player of the year candidate are, are even tougher matchups. Those quick guards that can get by him. Yeah. 
Um, that was a specialty. I feel like against Trey Young in the playoffs, like that, yeah. he, you could put him on Trey Young and, and yep. feel great about it. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's a problem. Um, and yeah, I don't know what his value would be, but he's certainly. I don't know. I mean, even last year, I'm sure he had more value. You know, there was like trades to the Pacers for like Malcolm Brogdon. Like, I don't even know. What do you think you get Malcolm Brogdon for? I'm thinking like, I'm thinking of the Russ Wall trade from a couple of years ago where it was hmm. two teams with assets that it's like, all right, let's just, you know, let's just shuffle the decks and, and see maybe one of us comes out better for it. Um, you know, would you take him pick. for Randall? I, no. Yeah. No, I, I would. And you know what? This, if you would ask me the same question this summer, I'll, I'll be honest, and I'd probably get laughed at from Knicks fans. I'll, I'll say right now, I would, I would have done it this summer. I would have made the swap because I yep. would have assumed um, he would have been. I would assume he would be back to health. I guess right. you know, but it seems as if that is not the case. And you know. Not saying I would have been thrilled about it. I would have had to. I would have had to think about it. But it's a, it's like, see, that's like a risk you take, right? You know. But like, where where is the team that has the expensive asset that would take, like, you know, Charlotte doing like Gordon Hayward for for yeah. you know, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't see it. Which then brings us back to Durant, which we can start to finish up here. Um, so he re- he made the trade request. They're four and seven. As we are talking about, it does not seem like there is any realistic path barring something unforeseen with Kyrie. I think we could agree that it would be unforeseen at this point. Um, like this situation resolving itself in a way where it's like everything's hunky dory. So, I mean, I, you know where I'm going with this. Like, what, what, what do you think happens here at, you know, eventually? Oh, I mean, I think that it's done. Like the, the championship window is done. Out. I think it's okay. done. Okay. You, would you, okay. So you think they will trade him at some point? It will just be a matter of when this organization is honest with itself, which they have been like very bad at, just horrible at. They're, this team is drunk on hope repeatedly, <laughs> repeatedly um, coming into this year, feeling like, yeah, if we just play hardball with KD, you know, we think we can do it. And it, and it took a week and a half for it to implode. You know, like it, it really, it was, I, I tweeted something along the lines like this has got to be the fastest and a basketball team has ever imploded. And like it, it was it within six games. It was like, all right, this team's not winning this year. I, I feel I know for 100 percent they're not going to they're not going to win a championship this year. And I don't think they're going to win a championship with Kevin Durant. The 2019-20 Knicks would like a word about speed of implosion <laughs> and specifically specifically speed. Uh, Scott Perry and uh, Steve Steve Mills, uh, the press conference we will that will always live on forever in our hearts. <laughs> uh, but that was game uh, Andrew. That was game eleven, I believe. Uh, the Mills Perry press conference after the that. blowout loss. To do you know what I'm talking about, Matt? It was yeah, yeah. It was either ten or eleven. It was ten or eleven. <laughs> okay, so they you lost guys, the, to De'Aaron Fox. It was either the Kings game or the Cavs game. It was the Cavs game. That much okay, I know. So it was, it was either, I was gonna yeah. say it was either Fox or Sexton. One yeah. of a young guard in the league that the Knicks didn't have um, because really exclusive list there. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that, that game, they got blown out at the guard on a Sunday evening. And after the game, suddenly Steve Mills and Scott Perry were having a press conference that like, we've assessed the situation and let you know, we're taking it seriously. It's like, it's just, okay. 
It's fantastic Thanks. stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, and, and talk about bringing it all together that I, I just, I'm just making this connection now at that time. That was the, in a way, final insult to injury of the, of the, of June 30th, 2019. It was, I think that press conference in a lot of ways. And like, even if you were a, a Knicks fan who had fully convinced yourself at the time that they had dodged the bullet because of, you know, Durant's Achilles or whatever else. Um, and like the signs that Kyrie had already showed, even, even back in, in Boston, um, you, you, that was not a great moment to be a Knicks fan. And yet we're now it's three years later. And I think most Knicks fans, the vast majority of Knicks fans would be like, yeah, we'd rather be where we are than yeah. where the Nets are. So I'll ask you the same question. I mean, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Bobby and Brian Winhurst talked about it on their pod recently. You, you know, you cover the team. You're familiar with the Knicks. Who, who do you think is in the, the quote unquote better position? Um, kind of, kind of depends on what I said, right. About when does this team look in the mirror and like have an honest reflection about, you know, what, where they are and, and where this team is going for. Cause right now you have Kevin Durant playing just out of his mind. If you know, he's, I think, uh, he's what 20, he's had 25 or more points in his first 11 games. First time that's happened since 2006, Allen Iverson did it. Um, he's playing out of his mind and is the second year he's come into the season and just been sensational. And, uh, so if, if you can, if you just sit there and say, Hey, we're probably not going to win it. And we just have to eat that. Well, you can get back for Kevin Durant. I mean, that's a good building block. Think of any picks, whatever, like <laughs> you can get a lot of picks. Some could, who knows? Maybe Toronto's like, well, sure. We'll do the Scotty Bard things. We actually, we might've, I... we might've overvalued him a little bit in the summer and, and coming off this rookie of the year. And, that, there you go. That's your building block and you have a bunch of picks as well. And so, I mean, if you're another team, you get to add Kevin Durant to your core, like talk about when, like, when does that ever happen? That'll be the biggest mid season trade. And I, mean, I don't want to say in NBA history, cause that I feel Ooh. like I need to do more research, but it, it, it might well, be Kareem. Kareem was off season, right? Kareem was off season. Huh? Barkley was off season. But that was uh, the year before he won MVP. I'm gonna, now you got me thinking. Uh, yeah. I, I, we shouldn't we shouldn't derail the pod to go through this uh, memory <laughs> lane. No, but I think well, the point is, unless I'm forgetting something obvious, I think it's certainly in contention. It would be in yep. contention for the biggest in season trades, for sure. Um, I don't know about Scotty Barnes uh, in terms of whether Toronto will give him up, but there is a team, and we could you know get in here. There is a team that I I feel fairly confident would pick up the old telephone and inquire as to the availability of one Kevin Durant. And that thought is going to be, is probably frightening to many Knicks fans, but <laughs> I, and again, I don't think the the Nets would ever trade him to the Knicks. Although yeah. do you, dis, do you disagree? If the, if the, I, it, I don't, you, yeah. this is like evaluating the the front office, which I also don't understand fully. I think there's, again, as I said, there's a lot of drunkenness on hope. So, and it's just a front office that's operated with emotion more than they should, especially in a championship window. Uh, there's just a lot of like pride and ego at work. And I think you saw that this summer with how things were handled between them and Kyrie in that contract negotiation. And then later with Durant and that trade request, it took 
months for this, everybody to just sit down and have a conversation. And it just was like it, it from, you know, just knowing about everything that was going on, it was like, this is just egos at work on all sides. And um, so I don't know. I, I, as I can't, I can't predict anything with Kyrie. I also really don't feel like I can predict anything that comes from ownership down with the Nets. Um, and that's why even when I say, yeah, like I think the right thing to do would be to move Durant. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if this team is going to talk themselves in there to go, wow, you know, looking pretty good against the Charlotte Hornets and the, you know, whatever the Indiana Pacers, like, I think we got a shot at this. And then they just lose in round one against like, I don't know. It's I just, I just don't know when is his trade value. Cause like at, at some 34. point, I was about, you took the words I'm out. At some point he's, and look, as I say this, LeBron James is, although I don't know, is LeBron James starting to fall off? Not the most efficient uh, shooter in the league this year. It's early, but we'll see. But the point is at some point, yes, Kevin Durant is going to fall off. And like, given the, you know, the Achilles in, in the past and that whole thing, like, man, I feel like you're playing with fire. And then the other part of it is if you trade him sooner rather than later, there's there's real nice tank potential for you guys because it's like I know there's the pick swap with Houston and we've even talked about that but so what you know it's like you still might you know get yourself a really nice pick I don't know it's especially a fascinating this year. yeah this year because Houston stinks so yeah like, you should they have whatever two wins or one win yeah um it's really interesting I I would I would wager that the the Knicks would would be open for that. I, I, the reason I asked you that, obviously who the hell knows what Joe wants to do. Do you think that would irk or annoy Nets fans if he was traded to the Knicks? Oh, I mean, I think it would depend on like what else is out there, but I, I know that would just like burn Nets fans. Up. Like Let's that, say the Knicks I, I, gave up literally every, they have their uh, seven first round picks. So it's four, four first three yeah. swaps. They have four protected picks, everything, all of the picks, every, every swap, all the picks. Um, and, you know, pick two, 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 two young non RJ players that, you know, yeah. whatever that, that, that Nets fans theoretically could get excited about. You think they would, you think Nets fans would still be peeved that he was traded to the Knicks? Oh yeah. And I think, but the one thing I think Nets fans would be like, take solace in is like, well, we, we feel like the Knicks have not ever been able to make it work with superstars. So at least we feel like he's going to a destination where we feel like we're going to get pretty good stuff out of these picks. Um, so I like, and I, I, there's a bunch of other two, like new Orleans is another one. Like what if, what if new Orleans wanted to give up one of the Lakers picks or, or, or you know, How about this year's Lakers pick. <laughs> there you go. Like that's your ticket. So I think that it's would be what ticket. it, and I, and I do think like it's going to be hard for Nets fans to stomach losing what the best player in franchise history. Like it's, it's, that's tough. That's tough. And it, it but isn't that kid. It's I know, I know KD at, at KD's peak is better than kid. Yeah. At kid's peak, but kid took them accomplished. To two finals. Yeah. 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 I, think he so means I guess more. I think he means more, but Duran, if we're looking at like, like this guy was like really, truly, I believe in the, that the, uh, the year they lost to the bucks was the best player in the league that year. Like in, Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So that's just like yes, in that, okay. in that sense, like in that just, sense. Yes. Yeah. hundred yeah. uh, percent. But uh, yeah. So I think that would make sense. Portland's another one. Cause they have sharp uh, and Simon's like that could be interesting. And you're hoping that the back half of Dame and, or back half of Dame's career and maybe KD regresses a little bit. Like that's an interesting destination, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I, that would certainly fuel the, the rivalry if Durant went to the Knicks. You I think? mean, I can't even imagine. I, I just well, can't even imagine. We, we don't have to because it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, for my two cents, I would you do I it? Would have to. Would I do it if I was? No, I, I would not want. It. I would not want the Knicks to do it. I okay. am. He's too old from for, and, and I say that knowing if he got traded here, they're they're probably like a minor ish. Let me rephrase that. They're probably a feasible move away from being a legitimate contender if everything yeah. broke right. I have enough confidence in Jalen Brunson and like and RJ Barrett. If RJ Barrett stayed out of that deal, I have enough confidence in RJ Barrett, like surrounding KD that if he stayed healthy and like if 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 yeah, I think it could work out well. I wouldn't it's not a risk that I would take, but yeah. I would not begrudge anyone who would be like, It's Kevin fucking Durant. Are you crazy? Trade for him. Yeah. Um I would the Depending on your evaluation of Sharp, I would think it would have to be either Portland or New Orleans. But that the Laker, the the introduction potentially of Lakers picks into trade discussions. If you're and New Orleans, if they could keep Ingram and like and the, you know some of these other kids that they have between uh, the Murphy kid and then the the Daniels kid, they just trade like there's there's a package there yeah. that could be really good. So um, we'll see. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Andrew, anything else before we, we let Matt uh, depart? Yeah, you guys sent me down a rabbit hole when you said would KD being traded be the biggest midseason trade in NBA history? I've got six candidates, oh, seven candidates, and they almost confirmed that KD would be the biggest midseason trade in Don't NBA history. So Tim Hardaway Sr. was traded midseason to the Heat. I'm going in from worst to least. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, Kembe Mutombo in 2001 uh, was traded to the 76ers. That uh, did help them get to the finals that year. That was uh, a big deal. Clyde Drexler got traded to the mm. Rockets the year that they won the title as a six seed. Um, I, I got to just throw it out there. Carmelo Anthony was traded to the New York Knicks in the middle of the season. It's down this far because as much of a mellow stand as I am, the following did help toward titles. Um, so it's probably should be lower than Drexler, to be honest. Um, honestly, no, I maybe, think I, I would put Melo ahead of Drexler's the, the, the Drexler trade. Well, one of them is James Harden got traded to the nets. It was not oh. necessarily mid season, mm. but that is one of the bigger during the season trades. Yeah. In NBA history. Uh, the other two, which I think directly impacted championships are Rashid Wallace to the Pistons 
which was he a hawk technically at that For point? For like a day. I would put the Harden trade above the she trade. And I actually might even put the Mellow trade above the she trade because again, that was a that was an in his prime superstar getting traded to a team that was like on the rise that we knew the Knicks were going to win that year. But like, but anyway, the, I'd put Harden as the top of, so what's the one left? The only other one is Pau Gasol. Oh. That's the only other trade. Got traded to the Lakers. They immediately became a title contender. They got traded the eve of Super Bowl Sunday when the Giants beat the undefeated Patriots. Maybe you, you know what none of those guys were? What? They were not number ones on there. Unless you oh. want to argue for Sheed. Sheed was in a way, a weird way, like a they were they didn't have a number one. All all five of them were slices of a pie. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. They just, um, he just completed the pie, you know? Yeah. So yeah, this would it's really not close. The, if Durant is traded to a title contender, um, it's the biggest midseason. It's the it's the biggest trade, greatest trade, whatever, whatever word you want to use for it, um, of a player midseason that we've ever seen. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Matt, you want to give a prediction for Wednesday night? Yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll give. I, I think. I think the Nets win. Um, like the way they're playing. Uh, I, I I don't think it's going to be like a crazy high scoring game because the Nets literally can't score well. Uh, the big thing for me I'm watching is how much production can the Nets get from their starters to compensate for a bench that is going to get killed by the Nets because it's literally just Cam Thomas and not much else and hypothetically something from Ben Simmons. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to to watch the Ben Simmons experience. Yeah. It's oh, I been interesting. I've watched it a little bit this year. It's it's, it's crazy. Awesome. It's like such a footnote because of everything else that's happened. I know. The Nets, it is. But it is in any other season, this would be like alarms going off, like the house is on fire, but it's like weirdly a footnote, which I guess is good for Ben in a way um, that it's been o- overshadowed. But yeah, I, I do think the Nets win. I, but I, I think it's going to be a really close game somewhere in the low hundreds. Um, we'll see. I think it'll be fun though. These games are always fun and Durant always plays hard against the Knicks, which is fun. Yeah. But now, and I, I say this always somewhat facetiously, we have the Durant stopper in Cam Reddish. I'm, ex- I'm genuinely, genuinely with all of my soul excited to see Cam Reddish <laughs> attempt to take on the challenge regarding Kevin Durant. That'll be, as you say, interesting. Uh, <laughs> Well, he's also gone off against the Nets historically uh, in Atlanta. He had, I'd want to say like multiple performances where he was in the high twenties, maybe even oh. touch thirty. Yeah, it's I, my my memory for this stuff is like pretty shaky, but I know he's had big performances in the okay. past to the degree oh. that every single it's like the classic guy that kills your team. You're like, yeah, we need we need Cam Reddish at the deadline. Like we're. <laughs> So I've seen that so much on, I, on Twitter. I, so. I don't know if they, I don't know if the next one to give him up now. He's been playing pretty good. Yeah. Um, Matt, you've been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on doing this. Could you remind the folks at home where they could find you and your uh, and your coverage and anything else? Yep. Um, find me on Twitter, Matt Brooks MBA. Uh, it's all there. Articles, um, podcasts. If I do a lot of video work, so video threads, um, I will put together videos on key games and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all there. Um, and I'm pretty good about sharing everything that I do. So, and it's good to talk to you. It's good. It's good to be back here. Pleasure's all mine. I hope your prediction is wrong. 
<laughs> it probably uh, is. Don't listen to me about Nets predictions. I said they'd be a top 10 defense this year. So don't listen to me. <laughs> listen, they're still, they're still, listen, you want to go think two things I've gotten wrong? We, we, <laughs> we, we don't quite have enough time. Uh, Matt Brooks, you're the man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Hope you enjoyed that one. Matt's great. I legitimately felt very bad for him. Um, he probably doesn't think about us at all. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like that one, Andrew. All right. Uh, don't forget, if you dig the show, give it a five-star rating. Uh, subscribe. Um, review. Yeah, I think that's it. We will be back with you with more fun and games very soon. Peace out. Peace out.